And ego, I mean, we've all been around it. We've experienced it. We've had people that we've experienced it with. I mean, ego doesn't get you anywhere. And we all know it. We know it doesn't get you anywhere. You, you know that that's not necessarily the right path, but it kind of gets in that way. And it goes back to what you just said. If you're aware and you know that that's what's happening and your ego is starting to kick in, it's like, hey, ego, put it in check. So I'm Joe Martin, and uh, thanks for tuning in this week on Entrepreneurial Impact. Today, I've got George Murad out of our Virginia, Northern Virginia, Keller Williams Office of Metro Center. And I'm just really excited with George. He's got a distinct red door as his brand. So before, without further ado, George, like, who are you? Introduce yourself really quickly, and then like, just get into your journey. Great. So my name is George Murad. I'm the CEO and founder of Red Door Metro of KW Metro Center. Um, been doing real estate. It's my 22nd year this year, um, have held various positions within the real estate sector from running my own team to being a sales manager for the number four team in the nation. Um, I was a team leader for a, quite a period of time within KW as well. So really I've seen, you know, different aspects. I say gone through different stages of real estate from high school to college to a master's and now on to my PhD, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> well, those of you that are listening in, I I'm bold. George is bold. And did you go bold? I, at least I went bold within my first year of real estate. When did you have that? Uh, that happened. Uh, I I've taken I've been bold seven times actually. Believe it or not, um, uh, have uh, really loved that program and do it every time we have the opportunity. And what's really great about it, I'm sure Joe, as you know, is every single time that you do participate in it, you get something completely different out of it, depending on where you are in your life and business. Absolutely, absolutely. So George, what got you into real estate? So we obviously real estate's, you know, entrepreneur, small business owner, like you eat what you kill. Like, what was your journey getting into real estate? Like, how'd you do that? Well, it, it's kind of crazy because that was never really the intention. So I'm a local kid. I grew up in Annandale, Virginia. I went to George Mason University. Um, while at George Mason University, I was always under the mindset of I was trying to figure out how can I put myself through school, work the least amount that I could and still be able to provide for myself. So I became a personal trainer, you know, best money per hour that I could do during the time. And I was kind of a physically fit guy. So I did that. And um, one of my clients was a real estate agent that was starting to become successful. And she just started to start her team, actually. And she had um, brought on the, her son's soccer coach. And I was the, her son and her husband's personal trainer. So I came on with them. Um, I was actually about to get in the mortgage business when I was finishing up my degree to work for a family member and go into his mortgage business. And she presented me with the opportunity. And what really was the deciding factor was I was really able to work with people and I was always a people person. So, um, and I was always a salesman. So I was like, hey, what a better way than be able to deal with people on the largest transaction of their life and um, be able to, you know, prosper and hopefully, you know, do well in it and, Thankfully, it's been an amazing journey so far. That's incredible. I, I mean, I, I I asked that question mainly because like I got into real estate because I answered a Craigslist ad. So I always ask that question because it's so fascinating to me, the different ways that people got into real estate. And a lot of times it's because of a friend or family member that said, hey, you'd be really good at this. And you took the leap of faith. So I, uh, I commend you on that one because a lot of people going into full on commission can, can get a little scared. Um, let me ask you this question. What's the high point? So you've been in real estate over 20 years. Like, 
if you were to pick one thing that you're most proud of, like your highest point in real your real estate career, what was what would that be? Um, man, there's so many. You know, it depends. I, I will have to say, I think um, this year, believe it or not, has probably been one of the most amazing, incredible years because we set out on a very large goal that honestly, it's almost like one of those where you set the goal and it's almost so much that you don't understand how you're going to get to it, but you just kind of figure <laughs> it out. Um, and the beauty of it is we were able to hit our goal early, but the more joy out of that was the people here on my team, what they were able to get out of it. And that's been the most rewarding thing to be really honest with you. Cause you know, and I know we say it and it's the KW theme of, you know, you help them get what they want. They'll help you get what you want, but I, I it is so abundantly true. Um, and it's been so amazing because I'm watching them prosper and enjoy everything that they're able to, you know, do and get and take their families on vacations and do certain accomplishments. And to me, it's like, I get more satisfaction from that, you know? Um, and that's been really amazing. And this year, you know, the team has been able to hit their goals and then be able to do things in their personal life and for their families that, you know, I have to say, you know, the business had a lot to do with it. And that's been the real rewarding part for this year. It's been really I mean, fulfilling. I think it's really cool because like whenever time you throw out that like big hairy audacious goal, the one that like scares the living heck out of you, um, you don't know how you're going to get there. I always equate it to, well, we're on the plane and we're going to kind of assemble the plane as it's going down. And hopefully there's enough pressure behind it <laughs> that we assemble the thing before we hit rock bottom. Um, but I think it's, what's really cool about what's anchoring your motivation this past year is actually seeing people because a lot of people don't actually commit to the journey of people development. So they never get to the end goal of like where you're at of actually seeing it come to fruition and like it actually bloom. And I recommend anyone turning into the tuning into this episode is that like, it does take time. Like you just heard George talk about seeing the entire team hit the goal, crush the goal and then facilitate financial benefits to their personal life to attain those things but that wasn't george got into real estate a year ago sold a bunch oh. of homes and then year two was this like amazing leadership guru it took over 20 years to be able to have that delayed gratification of what it looks like to actually have impact with people's lives and i think that i mean I, I you know it's funny i was having a conversation the other day somewhat like this and they're like well, you know describe your real estate career and i said it's like pizza i've been reinvented every year 10 times a year trying to figure out you know pizza <laughs> sauce cheese some some dough and every single week pizza Hut has a new kind of pizza a stuffed crust a this and that and everything else trying to reinvent and i think that's what we've done i can tell you what we're doing today is not what we did yesterday our foundations, our, you know, um, our morals, our, our things that our vision, our values are all the same, but this is, this is a business that you're just ever growing and you're changing. And, you know, some of the stuff I do today, I'm even like, man, am I really doing this right now? But it's what's working. And I think that's, what's, you know, the beauty of it is you kind of change with it as well, you know, and uh, that's been really a great thing. And, and now as we change and, you know, the team has their input, you know, you end up, you look back, you know, once the dust settles, you're like, wow, look at where we are right now, which, you know, very blessed, very, very blessed. Humbling. humbling. Humbling, big time, big time humbling, big time. Let me ask you a different question too. So this one, I think a lot of people see the swan on water. It looks gorgeous on top, but don't ever see like the craziness that's going underneath the water. Um, what was your lowest point? So like you've had success and more often than not, you've had success or you otherwise you wouldn't be where you're at today. 
but what was like the most humbling part of your real estate career? Humbling part of the real estate career. Um, taking guidance from those who are working with you. Um, there are times where, you know, I'm kind of on my path. I'm thinking this is the right way. And you're kind of, like you said, all that turmoil that's going on underneath the water and, you know, really sitting there and, you know, my team members put me in place and it happens a lot. And I welcome it because, you know, I want to be a better version of George every day. And that's always my number one thing. And, um, I think being able to put your ego to the side and be able to, you know, really listen to those around you and really try to take in what they say and process it and see if there's a way to apply it. Um, and that's been very humbling for me because there's a time in my life where, you know, if I knew everything and no one knew as much as me and my way was the highway. And, you know, there was a long time that my business kind of plateaued kind of at the same point consistently. And now that, you know, I've really gone into a complete self-mastery mode, like right now about trying to get better. So, you know, at first it was a little bit humbling trying to get the feedback, even the good feedback along with the bad feedback. But I think it's about how you take that and how you process it. And I know, um, I think the team loves that idea is because we're an open environment of sharing, no matter who's it going to offend or who's it going to upset. And the whole process is for all of us to get better and move forward. So I'll probably say that was probably a pretty humbling, you know, experience that is continuously evolving. I think the cool part about that is the perspective, because the perspective, what you actually brought up was that uh, taking advice from people on my team, but then you immediately made it into an action item that made yourself better around self-mastery, which I think a lot of people actually struggle with is just actual, um, when we talk about self-mastery, it's, it's, it's self-awareness, right? That like, do I have the perspective of myself and how I'm wired and what my tendencies are and how that can actually cause a ceiling to my achievement. And the only way that I'm going to bust through that ceiling is to be self-aware enough to stop getting in the way and actually allowing some of that feedback that's viable. Like you said, not all feedback is good. <laughs> like you've got good and you've got bad feedback, right? And Oh, no, Joe, we'll leave the room. Like it'll be an intense conversation where we're like, you know, we're going to go for a walk real quick and come back and try to come back. But when everyone's goal is the same, then it's, it's not because it's family. I mean, you know, it, it's, when your father tells you something or your parent or your big brother or somebody like that tells you something in order to better you at the moment, you take it as, wow, offensive or something like that. But then sometimes when you process or you actually listen to it, there's validation in it, you know, and I think being aware is half the battle with anything. And I think, you know, the ones who are achieving this at a high level have even a greater, you know, awareness about themselves and what's around them. And I'm still learning today because I'm trust me every day I'm getting a little bit more aware and I always think it's enough and you're always learning something else. So, well, I, I give it two two things I think and I I, I commend you on this one because a lot of people aren't self aware enough. Is you got two challenging pieces that go into like self awareness and and self mastery and moving towards it is perspective right around your ego. And what's funny about it is if you're in like a coaching or conversation with somebody and you go you hit them with the word ego in the middle of it, it resonates with such a negative chord that you're like, oh yeah, you're just egotistical. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I go, well, no, the thing is, is that you believe your way is so good that you're unwilling 
to understand that there is probably another way to do it. And you're, you're basically saying you're unwilling to let that feedback hurt your ego in order for you to get to that next level. And I think it's a very psychological um, thing and you got to be really mature and self-confident to make sure it lands right. And ego, I mean, we've all been around it. We've experienced it. We've had people that we've experienced it with. I mean, ego doesn't get you anywhere and we all know it. We know it doesn't get you anywhere. You, you know that that's not necessarily the right path, but it kind of gets in that way. And it goes back to what you just said. If you're aware and you know that that's what's happening and your ego is starting to kick in, it's like, hey, ego, put it in check, go back. That's that's not the case right here. It's about getting better and getting to where we be. And I think when you have those successes, when you do that and you put the ego to the side, it gets a little bit easier every single time to kind of, whoops, oh, there it is again, put it to the side, you know, know that that's not necessarily that that's not the right, you know, drunk monkey talking, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I think it's definitely, especially when you've been self-sufficient, like, especially for someone it's like self-driven and like, I don't need help from other people and that like I have been successful and then being able to take it and say, Hey, okay. Is this viable? Like, there's a great book by, um, Oh, what is his? Oh, wow. This is going to drive me up a wall. It's called work and life principles by Ray Dalio. And they talk about, it's a huge, massive book. Like it, it's probably 600 pages, but the best part about it was, is be so open to any type of option on how you could get somewhere and to have that discussion from other people because our perspectives are usually from our environment or experiences, our parents, friends, family. And what we're looking for is the best way. I'm not looking for a, the right way, the wrong way. I'm looking for the best way. And when you can get to that ego checking to say, hey, what's the best way? It might be the most unlikely source on the team that hits you with like a right hook. And you're like, didn't see that coming, but that was actually the best option. And I think that's what we get deprived from as entrepreneurs if we're not actually able to control that ego, that the best option might actually get overlooked because we're unwilling to hear that feedback. Amen. Amen, brother. That's exactly. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so we're going through a shift. So I'm going to little pivot this from like your journey and all that kind of stuff. So people turn tuning in today, like if you were to give one piece of advice on the shifting market, George, right? Like some people you get the, the sky is falling, Stuart Little, like, ah, it's all coming to collapse. What am I going to do? And then there's the ones that say there's opportunity. You've been here long enough. So I'm going to ask you that question in your perspective. Like, What's the one to three things that in a shifting market that get you fired up that you would give to somebody else as like advice? Um, well, first, what you said, this is the time to, to take market share, take things like I can't. I'm so excited about this market. I'm glad it's shifted. I was just we just had our team meeting this morning. And, you know, a lot of people, all I've heard is like this has been the worst month, interest rates, all of this. And we right now we've had the best month we had in all of 2022 was the month of November and we're not even halfway through. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we're, I think we're going to, you know, we measure things a little bit differently, but you know, our GCI is going to be over 200 K this month uh, for the team, which is how we measure it. But um, in this market, you know um, it's when the real skilled players, when you're able to really come and take market share. And I remember, you know, when we had our first downturn, my mentor, she doubled down on everything. And we literally went from 250 homes to 600 homes. And because people- stop really, there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, 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 Say that again, just for everybody listening that might've hit skip or whatever. What did you just say again? We went from literally 250 homes to almost 600 homes during the town market. Um, I was carrying, I think anywhere, maybe two or two and a half dozen listings at one time, trying to figure it all out. 
And we were rolling because that's when people really wanted to hear the expert and how we were dealing with the market. The market's going to do whatever the market's going to do. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not in control of it. All you can do is how quickly can I analyze it? How quickly can I react to it? How quickly can I take action? And that's something that I learned. And that's what we've been doing right now. And it's been phenomenal because now, you know, you know, real estate is a, is a cycle. And once you've gone through one cycle, you know how to work it. Always the second cycle, when you have to go through it again, you're able to make moves and to, you know, take on more and to and able to get more. And that's what we've been experiencing right now. Um, some of the things is the core values that we do on a daily basis. You can't get away from that. You know, the shiny penny routine of everyone saying, oh, no, they, this is the new thing or this is what it is. And then they get away from what got them there. You have to still do what gets you there. And I think what you do is you add little pieces depending on what's needed at the time, but you never get away from your core values and what your business is. Um, I think another thing too, within this market, there's a lot of money to be made in different, in different avenues within the real estate transaction, whether you're helping somebody with an investment and move up, you have to go find that buyer. The market we were in, you just kind of laid back. They all kind of came to you. Now is when you really go and you go and you hunt for those buyers and you hunt for the right buyers. Um, one thing that was big for my team as we went into this year was we wanted to work with less people who were buying more expensive homes. And that was one of the main things that we kind of went after. And that's what really helped us, you know, this year kind of get to where we were, was really focus on a couple of core things execute the things that you normally do, you know, that you've always done your core values and apply it as much as you can. And I mean, to me, this is the market where what is your value proposition? What value do you really do? Can you look yourself in the mirror, give your presentation and can you make yourself believe that you're the best agent for them? That's what I do. I know for a fact, there is no better agent, no better team that can represent a buyer or a seller in this market than me and my team. And I'm going to explain to them why. And I'm going to exude the confidence to show them why. And I'm going to make them a believer. And this is the time where people are looking for that because all the access noise, everybody's seven cousins and two brothers who are real estate <laughs> agents. And you know what I mean? That's all fine and dandy. But right now is when it really is going to matter for you. And I think when you're able to really convey that in the right way, I think this is the market where people are going to gravitate towards the people who are having success. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think like when you're talking to what I hear you, there's a couple of points there I want to hammer home for everyone like tuning in is that there's also there's there's an idea of like being true to who you are, that like you you got to define who your core values are, what your value proposition is, and like what place in the market do you serve the customer as a real estate professional? And you can't be a chameleon at this point. Like you actually have to define a sector and say, like, I'm gonna own it. That's what I'm known for. Um, because you got to stand out from the crowd. I think the other part that I couldn't, I, I really agree on this one is that the past two and a half years has been catching. You're literally going into a hunting, fishing type endeavor. And those that have the confidence, the skill set, the knowledge base to be able to come out and have some swag to be like, no, in a rocky um, sea, you need actual expert captains, right? That that's what all you're doing is you're shepherding or you're, you're guiding people through a rocky sea because they're seeing all this negative news. And quite frankly, like you couldn't have a better time to buy a home because you're going to see price reductions happening with, yeah, you're going to have a short-term interest rate challenge, but at the end of the day, what's your, what's your hold period? Um, and you got to become a better storyteller, Joe. Yeah. 
in this market, you have to be the better storyteller. And I think it's telling the story of explaining why. All people hear is rates are high, this is bad. Well, let's let's look at it. <laughs> Six months ago, I would have to pay 150,000 over to have a two and a half percent interest rate. But right now I get to have inspections, I get to choose the home, maybe get some closing costs, and then I get to refinance. That's not a worse market, this is a better market. But it's all about that perspective and it's about telling that story to make somebody believe that, you know, to change that perspective and, and you're able to do it. Um, yeah, no, I, I think there's a there's power in like human beings themselves are very emotional creatures and you've got to make them feel good about their decision. And then the facts and figures behind it solidify the decision. But you as the craft, the, the real estate professional, the consultant, how do you handle the reality, handle the feelings, the emotions, all that stuff, get them to feel good about their decision to move forward and then solidify the decision with actual numbers that verify that, hey, I am making the right decision. So I I think it's a, it's, it's a package for anybody who wants to get through this and take out market share. Like you gotta be a great craftsman at that storytelling. You know, I mean, you're there, you're there to be a consultant, right? So really be the consultant. Before we were order takers, they go out, they find the house, they want us to write, that's what we did. Now it's consulting them. Is this the right home? Is this gonna be a good investment? How can we approach this? Where does it, really dissecting it and peeling the layers of that onion. So we've covered a lot like of your journey, market of the moment. Let me ask you a bigger question. What's the vision for Red Door Metro? Like what are you, what are you trying to build towards? What, what are you inspired by? Um, well, I'm inspired by, I, I want to be one of the smaller teams doing the most amount of business. So one of one of our big goals that we had last year, we we had our Metro Center um, Awards Luncheon and we had our things for the year. And one of the awards that we get is, you know, who's made a million dollars of GCI. And that's been, you know, that's a really, it's a big number. Um, and several teams within our, our market centers all, all received the award. And one thing that I took notice is there were always large teams. So my goal right there, I pulled, you know, my TL and um, our, our general manager. And I said, look, I said, we're going to be up there with, with everybody else, but we're going to have the least amount of people. And my objective was that means each of my people are getting, you know, to where they want to be. So my goal is to have, you know, a team of five, six, seven, maybe 10 agents eventually within five years, but every agent's making over a quarter million dollars. Like, that's what I want. I don't want, you know, and it's weird. And as the evolution of the team has kind of gone about, you know, we went after new agents, mid agents, older agents, trying to figure out what's the best mix. And, um, you know, I want to take that person who's a B, B plus agent, and I want to make them an A plus agent. The one who's an A agent, I want to make them an A plus plus agent, you know, kind of take them to a next level, having high minded conversations, allowing them to come in, bring in their ideas incorporate their ideas and figure out what's the best way to them where they can have their own business and their umbrella fits under red door metros. And this year so far, all my agents have made six figures. Um, we have one of them, you know, who approach is approaching the 300 K mark. And my goal is to make every single one of my agents do that where they are their own mini team and they are doing it. And, you know, they're all behind this brand of red door Metro. It's not George Murad real estate. It's nothing like that. It's a brand that eventually, you know, I can step away and they can take over and, and have that seventh level team and, and running it just like the dream says, you know, just like the MREA book, like that's eventually where we want to be. But 
if they're each making a quarter million or 300,000 or $500,000, and that means I'm doing pretty well. So that's why for me is my main <laughs> focus. My main focus is to, in, in, you know, liberate them because like this year, when you're talking about scary stuff, I'll tell you, Joe, my coach challenged me at the beginning of this year to give up all my resale business. She said, I don't want you taking any more. And I was like, like, what are you talking about? No way. Like that's my bread and butter. She's like, you like your developers, you like your builders, stick with them, but all your resale business, give it to your team. And that was a big thing for me because listings were always my thing. I would always give the buyers away, but I would always handle the listings. And if I told you that we had the best year, I mean, we're up 44% from last year and I barely had to list a house. You know what I mean? That's to me, it's like phenomenal. Um, you know, we're ahead of our goal, everything like that. And it's about getting that uncomfortableness. So eventually my goal is to be able to be removed from the team. The team is running. Everyone has their own business running within the team, but everyone's collective goal is to make Red Door Metro the brand that anyone, if they have a service of real estate needs, whether we buying, selling, or investing in real estate, that we're going to be the right resource for them. Man, I thought you were so fired up about like getting other people into production. Like you just like lit up like your energy. Oh, and and, and being a TL is what taught me that. Like, I, that's why I said this whole thing of trying to figure out which way you're going to go. I mean, I tell, Kate, you know, my GM Kate all the time for our Metro Center is best job I ever had in my life was being a TL. The best job. Because you got to empower people. You got to have them like expand their limits, their things. And you just, you got to see people grow. And, it, it, you know, and I was like, okay, what if we can apply this to our own team? And how can we apply this to having my own team? And there was no better satisfaction. So what I'm really trying to recreate is kind of, you know, having that team and just be that, that team leader role to motivate them, educate them, help them get better, help them realize where they are. And if I do that, they're going to do the same for me. I mean, it's going to make me a better leader, you know? So I love it. And the team leader role is probably the best unpaid MBA you could ever, ever receive, right? The I promise Kate I wouldn't mention that, but yeah, it is. <laughs> so here's the insight. It's funny you bring this up because I was on site down in uh, Roanoke last week. And I was talking to one of the mega teams there about like, what are your job duties? What's your, your org chart look like? How do you, you send stuff out? And I go, I want you to stop thinking about your gross income, like GCI. I want you to start thinking about your dollar per hour. And my question to you is like, what's your highest and best use? So for you, you said this, but I'm going to say it more directly for those listening about like, how do you scale a business? Is your goal is dollar per hour. Like, how do you increase your dollar per hour? And if you've got over 20 years of relationships with builders, with step-up buyers, with whatever you want to call it, like your, your actual gift in the team is the relationship how do you lock down the relationship within the phone call for lead gen and then pass that off to somebody else? Because if you, what happens if the rainmaker realizes my highest and best use is to lock down qualified leads and everybody on Red Door Metro gets these qualified leads. So when they meet for coffee or in the office for a needs now, whatever the thing is, they're already qualified. Now I just have to figure out what kind of house they want, what kind of financing they're at. And you can literally give that gift because you got 40 hours of lead gen to just set appointments that are qualified, whereas everybody else is actually going out and doing all that work. And that's actually how you give people life worth living because now they're learning, but you're still utilizing the one thing that's actually the highest and best use of you and your skills. 
And then I get to hand them off. You know, the team gets them, they get to go work them. Then I go out and make, try to make more relationships. Like one of our big goals for 2023 is to establish more relationships with, with different investors, builders, like that's where my bread and butter. Cause if we can bring in the listings then they're going to have opportunities, they're going to have more ways to make different, you know, more ways and more opportunities to make money. Um, and that's right. And that's where I think that's the growth part about it. Right. That's when you're going from E to P Joe, right. When you're sitting there and you're thinking no one else can do it. Now, instead of me having to run around, go to a house, make sure things are getting corrected, fixed properly, showing up for a home inspection, my agents are able to do that. And I'm able to go out and try to make another relationship with a builder or a foreman and try to make them into somebody who's a repeat business for us. Nice. Absolutely. And I think like that's the gift. Like, how do you, uh, it's at least been my journey and I'm hearing it through you at this is like, how do I give the gift of things that I've already accomplished to others to make them better versions of themselves? And like, there is no challenge in George learning how to be a better, like you already know how to list a house. Like that's not a, that's not an accomplishment, but getting 10 other people to know how to list a house and be a top listing agent is something that you could be competitively challenged by. And, and you know, it's having their success. It's, it's weird. You know, I have two, I have kids, I have two boys and when they're successful in something, there's no better satisfaction the agents on the team, but it's almost the same feeling. You know what I mean? Like I can get a check for 25 grand and they could have gone and closed a $200,000 townhouse and it's their first deal making. And I'm making a couple thousand dollars and I'm getting more satisfaction and joy from that than making that big paycheck. Because to me, it's also like an investment. You know, I'm, I'm planting seeds everywhere. You know, if we have enough seeds growing, we're going to have enough growing at the same time that you're going to be able to succeed. And if I could teach them how to continuously do that, I'm able to go away. I'm able to go do things that I normally couldn't do. Like this year, I was able to go away for 21 days with my father to Greece and Lebanon. I've never in my life been able to do that. And you know what? We still had one of the best months we've ever had while I was away. And I didn't even sell one home. Like that's where you almost got to let faith take over a little bit and believe and really try to strive for it. And once you get a little taste of it and you start doing a little bit more and a little bit more, I mean, that's when you end up, you know, I think, I think moving up the ranks and going up, you know, through the seven levels, I think the hardest levels are one through four, one through five. And once you hit that and you start growing it all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. It kind of just happens because you're kind of used to it in your condition for it. And it's a compounding success, right? That like, when you look at growth, it's not linear, it's exponential. It's the hockey curve thing that like, there's this interesting mindset of like hey i'm going to go for five years at like the same slow growth and then all of a sudden something clicks and you go like this and no one ever understands that it's not like hey if i put in 40 hours i get this x output it's that you got to keep hammering the skill and eventually at some point all of it comes into alignment and it just blows up that's right in a good way not not in a bad way but but hey george last thoughts right so like People going into real estate, people with a small business, entrepreneurial impact just throughout your life and the people you've gotten there. Like, what are some what's some takeaways just from being an entrepreneur? Let's so, give me three. Let me let me you, there's three, but let me tell you the one. And this is this is the question I've been waiting to hear from you. And this has been, I think, my biggest change for me in my life, probably in the last like two, three years. Um, what's your purpose? You know. We were blessed enough, um, ROP Shane um, had brought in for all of us, uh, Brian and Gabrielle who wrote The Purpose Factor. 
It's an amazing book. They brought him in. They talked to us. He gave me the book. He gave us all a copy of the book. I went on vacation. I read about half the book, called from Mexico, called Brian and said, I want to hire you as my coach for six months. And I hired the author because I was like, purpose, we need fuel for our fire. And as I went through it, trying to figure out what's my purpose in my life, you know, I get more satisfaction from seeing others grow. I find, and we, him and I started going on a every week, two, every other week, two hour call, diving deep, deep, deep into it. And the one thing that I discovered about myself that was the game changer and that really changed everything for me exponentially was that I learned to bet on myself. And I mean, just, I want us to listen. We, we hear this all the time, but I'm talking about bet on you. And we're so much, we go through our life, we get told by other people what to do, how we should act, what should we do? Even a journey, like you were just talking about, like getting into real estate. Sometimes people pick a job because it's paying them $1,000 more in a year than the other job, but that's not really what they're passionate about, right? We always end up maybe listening to somebody else's vision for ourselves versus betting on ourselves and really saying, okay, this is what I want. I'm going to do it. I don't care what my parents say or my family member. This is what I believe in. I'm going to bet on me. And if I, if I fail, well, then I failed on me. Because if I'm, if I'm following someone else's dream and someone else's path, I'm already failing. I'm not winning. You know, it, it was, I don't know if you have seen it before, Joe, but, you know, Jim Carrey gave a commencement speech at a college and he talked about his father and he talked about his father was a funny guy. His father always wanted to be a comedian, but instead he became an accountant and he worked this regular job for 20, 25 years. And then they laid him off and he was completely heartbroken. And He's like, man, he was heartbroken for somebody else's dream. You know, why not if he went out, maybe he could have been the actor or he could have been the comedian. And, you know, he could have been the first Jim Carrey versus the second. And why? Because he didn't bet on him. And that's the one thing that I, you know, really going throughout my whole life, I always, I've always, I always seeked opinion, not counsel. And I would always get everyone's opinion and I'd always It'd always be the furthest thing away from what I thought. And then at the end of it, when it didn't work, I'm like, you know what? I should have just listened to what I thought in the beginning because I think it would have worked. And when I came to KW, you know, it was a very difficult time in my life. And KW was kind of a savior for me, you know, the environment, the culture and everybody here. And that was the first time that I bet on me in my entire life, betting on me saying, okay, this is going to be my path. I want to come and take this. My first job was KW. I never had a job before becoming a TL at KW. Like I always worked for myself. Right. And I gave myself to this and I bet on myself. And I said, this is going to be the right path. I go to a mega camp. I see Althea Osborne sponsor our country. I said, I can do that. And we were able to launch Canada, Montreal, from the very first mega camp we ever attend. Why? Because I said, bet on myself, why not? Maybe this will work. We started, you know, left the TL position in, in management and came and started a team. What do I know about this? And why, the way I started in the beginning, I was like, okay, I can go and call expire. It's called FISBOs and do all this. How can I make the best bang for my buck? Let me go after a builder that I can get repetitive business. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't even in new construction five, six years ago. But I said, how can I make, what am I really good at is relationships. How can I make a relationship with somebody, make someone money, have it beneficial for both of us and continue. And I bet on us. And this is what we've become. And I look back and I just, I have regret because, you know, I'm 47 years old almost now. 
And I started betting on myself just three, four years ago. What would have happened if I was betting on myself at 25? I mean, my God, I, I, I can't even, it gives me chills. And my number one goal right now is anyone who comes into contact with me, whether it be my kids, my, my, my team members, people in our office, anyone who encounters me, I want to make sure if they ever leave me that they can say, you know what, George made it a point to have me bet on myself. I want to remember in this moment, I want to hear George's words, bet on you. And if you fail, guess what? If you learn from it, no problem. You fail, no worries. But what's worse is failing someone else's dream and not betting on that. And that's something that, you know, I want to do that. And I feel that's what's been portrayed to my team this year. And like I said, I mean, you know, my agent that's been with me now, my right hand, three years, her base, her business from last year has increased 106%. Like that's, that's story. and she's betting on herself. And I'm loving watching them bet on themselves. And if there's anything you can take away too, Joe, just remember in the back of your head, George saying, bet on yourself. That's what I want anyone to take away. Just take that chance. I love it. I think it's a great way to like end this episode because I firmly, in a different way, I've got the same belief system in, I would rather bet on myself and fail then never take the action and live with the regret of what could be right. I can, I can live with what I've actually done and what I can control, but if I can control an outcome and I never actually took the action and bet on myself, like that's something that's actually detrimental. And that's like regrets, one of the worst feelings in the world, because at least if you try, you're like, Hey, I left it all out there and it just wasn't meant to be. So I moved on to the better thing for myself, going back to like betting on yourself and fulfilling the vision that you want for your life. So George, I just want to say thank you for today. Like you're a busy guy. You're selling a lot of house with your team. Thank you so much for pouring into this episode. And for those of you tuned in, thank you for listening to Entrepreneurial Impact. We'll be on next week as well for next Wednesday. And uh, have a great rest of your day.